Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Joining us right now, Marissa Gillette. Marissa, I'm sorry I had trouble calling in a few minutes ago. The lines were packed. My bad, because <laughs> I probably should give you another number. There is another number, but I never remember it. It's my fault. <laughs> anyway, uh, I know. How are you? Welcome. I'm I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, I heard uh, I heard you had a winner for a candy guess or something. So yeah. <laughs> well, let you listen. When it comes to candy, everybody wants to to speak up. Actually, what we asked, I'm going to ask you. Ready, Marissa? And you've got two kids. Ready? What holiday? Okay. What holiday, according to the National Confectioners Association, sells the most candy in America every year? Oh, I'm going to go with Easter. Easter is a very oh. good guess. I, I would have guessed Halloween. Halloween. I would have guessed Halloween because yeah. that's my binge, but it's actually Valentine's Day. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I know. All it's right. it's I definitely thinking... a head scratcher. But 83% <laughs> of Americans are buying chocolate on Valentine's Day for somebody, chocolate or candy. 83%. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's a sleeper, right? Definitely a sleeper. It is. Yeah. Uh, so, and maybe they're wrong, but that's what they say online. So what do I know? Anyway, um, so Marissa, hello and welcome. So last week you were testifying. Can you tell us a little bit about what you were testifying on? Sure. So, um, as folks may know, the legislative session is underway. And, uh, since it's an odd numbered year, um, the session actually goes longer and they have more bills and, there's no shortage of bills, uh, you know, that are seeking to address some of the issues that we're all experiencing um, with electric prices right now. And, uh, you know, last Wednesday they were uh, hearing, um, they were having a public committee hearing on some of the bills, including um, Senate Bill 123, which was raised by some of the um, Republican members and the ranking members on the committee um, had a lot of the same concepts of uh, a bill that was heard earlier this session from 
Um, the Democrat caucus, uh, on that was SB 966. Both bills are seeking to give Pura more um, authority to hold the utilities, not just the electric utilities, but the, the gas and water we regulate. Um, more, we're, it's given us more authority to hold them accountable. So um, through things like requiring that they um, not use settlements as much so that we can fully adjudicate uh, their proceedings before us, um, making sure that they're not recovering costs for uh, things like lobbying, um, marketing, you know, trade association dues. Um, so a lot of those types of concepts that um, I'm really quite excited about. And I, I think that there's good momentum behind this session. Yeah, you've been saying for a while that you've been very frustrated that you haven't had a rate case in the years you're here. Can you explain what that is? Sure. So when when you think of what Pura is and what we have authority over, um, as you know, we've talked about the last couple of months. Unfortunately, our authority doesn't um, extend to all portions of the bill, um, but we do have a lot of control over the distribution rates. So whether you're talking electric, water, gas. These are the rates that uh, help the utilities recover the cost of their infrastructure, so delivering the electricity. And we set those rates through what's called a rate proceeding. Uh, and we've got a, um, a bit of time to do it. Uh, but UI, which serves electric customers for some of the state, and Aquarian Water, they are both in for a rate case before me right now. Um, we recently issued a draft decision in Aquarian. But the frustration that you've noted for me is with respect to Eversource and the fact that they haven't been in for a rate case since I've been here. And the real importance of this, uh, you know, customers may think, okay, well, you want them to come in and ask for more money? And the answer is no. Um, In fact, rate cases may not necessarily result in an increase. But it's also our opportunity to kind of get under the hood and see where they're spending their money Um, It's where we can exercise authority that the legislature has given us, whether it's over executive compensation or other things. All of those tools have to be exercised through a rate case. So it's really important um, that these utilities come in for one. So, and by the way, it should be noted that Eversource owns Aquarian, but I guess it has a different um, administrative, you know, I guess it comes to you as a different administrative matter than Eversource per se. So do you think that Eversource has purposely avoided a rate case since you've been there? (laughs) Uh, You know, I think it's certainly, um, you know, worth considering uh, that they're hoping to stay out until I'm gone. I I think that's, you know, something that I've wondered about. Um, And the, the statutes actually require that they come in every four years which is why I've been so upset about settlements because they were actually supposed to come in a year or two ago, um, but they settled with some of the other parties and, um, you know, that waived the requirement that they come in for a rate case. Uh, yeah, so now they you, don't. How did you feel to. about that settlement, which I know you were opposed to and the other two <laughs> commissioners, you know, voted against you, frankly, voted against your position, not against you, against your position. I mean, walking out of that, that must have felt awful, Marissa. Must have felt awful. It, it, it did. I, I, I felt like, you know, I'm, I'm not a fortune teller, but I'd say that if folks go back and read the dissent that I wrote in that case, a lot of what I was 
concerned about has come true. Um, you know, one of the things that settlement uh, had in it was a suggestion that they were going to freeze distribution rates, which they did. But the problem with that is um, that customers don't understand that that's only a small portion of your bill. So when rates have gone up, including on January 1st of this year for supply, you know, we're left holding the bag in terms of folks not understanding that we, you know, can't do anything about that. But more importantly, if I can't have them in for a rate case, I can't exercise any of the great tools that the legislature gave to us through the Take Back Our Grid Act. Those have to be exercised through a rate case by law. Um, so, yeah, I know the settlement was over a year ago now, but I'm still, you know, just as upset about it as I was then. So, yeah. Take back our grid act. That was supposed to be something that would enable you as an agency to help transform, uh, a little bit about what the public perceived as this imbalance of power between our electric companies and us as consumers, so I didn't realize mm-hmm. you needed to be in a rate case in order to exercise those powers, Marissa Gillette. That's really interesting. And so not having one, now you've been there how long? Have you been there over four years yourself? How long have you been there? I I have. I started in the end of April 2019, so I'm um, going into my fifth year here. So what happens, so now you've said that they're supposed to come in at least once every four years, and they haven't because mm-hmm. of the settlement, and then they got a waiver of all of that. Uh, does that mm-hmm. mean that the waiver goes on for the next four years, or is there a way to compel them to come in for a rate case? It does. The waiver went for four years from the date. Wow. So um, the settlement included a provision uh, that they can't come in before. Um, they could come in now. They can't change their rates before January 2024, but they don't have to come in until 2025. Do you think that the people that signed on to this really understood the significance of the fact that they were essentially in signing on to the settlement, delaying any implementation or enforcement of the take back our grid act. You know, I, um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I can't, I can't speak for those parties. I'm sure they had very, you know, good reasons to sign on to the settlement there. Anytime that you have a settlement, there's a give and take in terms of, um, you know, what you're giving up. And at the time they were settling for an amount of money that was the most that the state have ever gotten from Eversource. So, uh, you know, I'd, you'd have to ask them. Well, who signed on? I know the governor. I know the governor had to sign on and I know the two out of the three commissioners had to approve it. Was the legislature involved as well in the settlement? They weren't. They weren't. Um, so the attorney general, uh, Deep, the Consumer Council, um, Eversource. Oh, so AG and Deep were, were a number of things. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they missed the boat. I think that's pretty obvious. Two zero three 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 nine four two two. I do. I mean, I think maybe they didn't understand, or maybe they didn't fully appreciate the consequences of settling and the waiver that would occur as a result of the settlement. Seems like a rather short-term situation, especially because Eversource continues to announce record-setting profits. Am I right or wrong about this? Record-setting profits. No, you're right, and they're record-setting profits, and uh, that's the frustration we're hearing from customers. And um, I'm equally frustrated because some of those tools that we have through the Take Back Our Grid Act 
and some of the additional tools that the legislature is considering this session, all of those will have to wait until the next Ray case. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Okay, uh, Marissa Gillette, let me ask you, we've got a question from a listener just turning to this because I thought it was a really good question. Ready? <clears throat> Please ask mm-hmm. our uh, Pura chair how we can get internet providers under the purview of Pura. Internet is a virtual utility and there is no competition mm-hmm. among suppliers in their local communities. That's a question. That's a great question. Uh, that is something that definitely you want to bring up with your elected officials. Um, just like the legislature acted to deregulate the electricity supply a couple decades ago, there were similar efforts here and really in every state across the country that removed the authority from their utility regulators to regulate the telecommunications companies, cable companies, et cetera. And then, you know, internet wasn't exactly contemplated at that time. So as it stands today, the states do not have regulatory authority over internet providers. We cannot set their terms and conditions or their rates. Um, so that is something that definitely needs to be um, vetted through the legislature. There's also a state office of broadband, which is housed in the office of consumer council. Um, and uh, I would recommend taking it up in one of those two two places. Well, do you think that Pura would be better than those two agencies to regulate our internet providers? Do you think that there's something about the way you do what you do that would have a little bit more teeth or muscle? Sure. So, I mean, there was definitely a discussion, I think it was two sessions ago, um, you know, the governor put forward a broadband act that did pass in some form. And there was a lot of discussion at the time about how Pura may be well situated to regulate these kind of companies since they are acting and look a lot like a public utility. And if we have experience setting the rates and policies for other utilities, there's some you know, valid thought behind the fact that our agency may be able to address that. Um, but before we get there, there is a, you know, a lot of work uh, ahead of time with the legislature to work through, you know, legal issues about whether the state is preempted from um, regulating those types of providers since the federal government has, you know, kind of stepped in and to some degree 
through regulation with the FCC. Mm, it's true. It's a, I mean, yeah, it's uh, right. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, but I understand the point of view that it is, does seem like a virtual monopolistic okay. utility for people. And it's just as essential as electricity nowadays. Can't function without internet. Can't work. Can't function. Can't connect with people. You know, it's replaced our phone lines. I mean, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. we've definitely heard that from a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, Marissa Gillette, you're the best. Thank you for joining us today. Anything else you want to let us know before I let you go until next month? I really appreciate your candor. I just want to say that to you on air, and I would say it off air as well. I just like that you're a straight shooter. I think that these people in the state of Connecticut appreciate that a lot. You're just, you're honest about it. You're like, well, you know, we had the settlement. I voted against it. I wrote a dissent. Read it now because everything I said came true. And uh, I wasn't happy about it then. I'm not happy about it now. And it took away the, the, and it's not an ego thing with you. It's like, but you know, you hired me to do this job. I can't really do it unless I have this thing called a rate case. And now I have to wait another four years. Thanks so much. Really. <laughs> Seriously. And I really appreciate you telling us that because how else would we understand in simple terms, you know, what it is you're going through and it really mirrors the frustration of a lot of us. By the way, by the way, before I let you go, I want to thank you personally, thank you for telling me and so that I could tell others and tell the rest of us about how we could switch suppliers right now with the touch of a button. My husband just told me yesterday we were informed that we were approved for this other new company, and presumably we're going to start to see that we're going to save some money. So tell us again how to do this. Absolutely. And you know what? I'll have my team follow up with you afterward because we recorded a short tutorial, a video that uh, explains step-by-step how to do it. Oh, good. I'll post it. customers. Yeah, yeah. So it's called um, EnergizeCT.com, and that website allows you, as a residential customer, if you have Eversource or United Illuminating, this website will allow you to compare the supply rates uh, of these what are called third-party suppliers to the standard service rate that Eversource and UI provide. And what it is, is you'll still get your bill from the utility company. They'll still be charging you for the delivery, transmission, public policy. But your supply side rate, which went up on January 1st, if you're an Eversource customer, to about $0.24. If you go today to EnergizeCT.com, there are some third-party supply rates in the range of like $0.10 to $0.12. So you could be saving quite a lot of money. Um, Just as you said, you can sign up with the touch of a button. You need your account number, and then you need to pay attention to the terms and conditions. A lot of these offers suggest that you have to lock in for two years, three years, but the important thing to know is that the legislature has passed a law that prohibits these companies from charging early termination fees. So it's just a gimmick. If you sign up and standard service rates go down on July 1st, uh, then you can easily switch back to standard service by calling your utility. So we're telling folks to mark their calendars for May 15th and November 15th, which are when the standard service rates are announced um, twice a year. And really, you just go on, you sign up, and it can take one to two billing cycles to see the results. Um, And Pira is here to assist if there are any issues along the way. And we'll definitely get you a copy of that video so you can share it with your listeners. That's great. Uh, will you take one call? We have one person, Marlene from Stratford. Very quickly, you're on the air with Marissa Gillette, who's the chairwoman of Pura. Quick. Hi. I just wanted to know 
why this is being allowed. And I guess you've already described it. So I went solar and I'm not all the way there yet, Lisa. I, t- I promise you I'd call you back when I'm done. Yep. But I'm almost done. Okay. And um, I, I just really don't understand why there's regulations not to be able to increase my rent uh, by a certain percentage, but I could, this can just go up as much as it wants. And why would I mm-hmm. then come back to the 24 cents when I, if I'm paying 10 cents, why would I ever come back? Yeah. Yeah. Thank great you, question. Marla. Yeah. Okay. Great. So the supply, yeah. sure. <laughs> the supply side of your bill was deregulated in 1998. So it's a pass through cost from the regional market. The standard service rate changes twice per year. It usually goes up January 1st and down July 1st. Um, and that's a function of the, the regional market um, pricing and the fact that it costs more money to generate electricity in the first half of the year. Um, we do have some resources on our website that explain that. But the short answer is that you, standard service is hopefully going to go down over the past two decades that it's been deregulated. Standard service has actually been cheaper than third-party suppliers. Okay, so, the so phenomenon we're going to have to switch seeing, back. So we're going to have to switch yeah. back. Yeah. Unless they can be competitive, we're going to have to switch back. And you'll have to come back on and tell us how to do that pretty easily. Marissa Gillette, thank you very, very much for joining us. You're the best. We'll talk to you in a few weeks. Thank you so much. Okay. Hi, I'm Dori Shafrir. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today we're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families. Today, Club Med has nearly 70 resorts worldwide, from beachside resorts in the Caribbean and Mexico, to magical locations in the Maldives and Morocco, to ski resorts in the mountains from Canada to the Alps. Between their all-inclusive family programming, wellness offerings, land and water sports, and their French heritage-inspired food and drink offerings, Club Med is the best way to elevate your family getaway, no matter which location you're at. To learn more, visit clubmed.us. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com. 